Hello, and welcome back to the Little Ray of Health podcast. I'm your host and hormone health bestie, Emily Ray. I'm a certified holistic health coach, and I help women balance their hormones naturally using food as medicine. I've missed you guys so much. And you're probably like, Emily, I don't really believe you because you've been gone from the podcast for a month, but I do miss you. It's just been, we've had so much going on, but I'm so excited to get back to it. Today, I'm going to be talking all about minerals, which maybe you're like, minerals, that doesn't sound sexy. Is this going to be interesting? Yes. Y'all, minerals are so important, so important to every single process in our body. Minerals are like the spark plug of our metabolism. That's how I can explain it. They're literally involved in every single process in our body. They are so undervalued. No one talks about them enough. They are very underrated. And today they are in the spotlight. So I'm going to break down like the main essential minerals, what they do, if you're deficient in them, what that looks like, and some real food sources as well as some of them you cannot get the full amount, such as magnesium. We can't get it from our food. So we'll talk a little bit about that, how to supplement, how you can add things into your diet to up your minerals. And first, first, I have a couple stories to tell you. Some things have happened and I just have a couple funny stories. So first we're going to do, we're going to do story time and then I'll get back into the episode. Okay. Story number one is about smartwatches. This was an Apple watch, but it has to do with like tracking your activity and your steps on Apple watches. And I used to be obsessed with mine. I was so obsessed and I probably was one of these people back in the day. And that's probably why I noticed this behavior on the plane, which I'll get into in just a second is because I can relate to it because I was that way. But Anyways, I'll just tell the story really quick. So we were on the airplane coming home from Kauai. It's about a five-hour flight from Kauai to San Jose. And I noticed this guy, the guy next to me, because I was in the middle seat. Daniel was to my right in the window seat. And then I was there was a stranger on my left. And I noticed multiple times throughout the flight, he would like shake his wrist. Um, I wish I could, I wish you guys could see what I'm doing right now, but I'm kind of flailing my wrist. And I caught out of the corner of my eye a couple times and he would be like talking to the person across the aisle. He knew them and he would be shaking his wrist and he would do it for like a minute or two at a time. And he had done it a couple times at that point, a few hours into the flight. And obviously I didn't want to stare or be rude if this was like, I didn't want to be offensive if maybe this was a tick, like maybe he had Tourette's or OCD or something like that. I didn't want to be rude, but it did keep catching my eye, like out of my, out of my peripheral. So Finally, by the third time, I was like, what is this guy doing? So I'm like looking over and I realize after he's done shaking his wrist, he turns his wrist over. He has an Apple watch on that wrist and he checks his step count. What he was doing every hour is he was shaking his wrist because Apple watches are so dumb that if you shake your wrist, they register it as steps. And he was just trying to like close his activity rings and meet his step goal, which I think is like two, a minimum of 250 an hour, I think is what the Apple watch does. I, that it, it's just crazy to me. You're just phoning it in, right? Just so you can meet some arbitrary number on this watch. You are shaking your wrist on an airplane to like trick yourself into feeling better. Now, I am not above this person, okay? I was this person. When I had an Apple Watch, or I think it was a Fitbit back in the day, 
And I've had some kind of activity tracker for a long time, like 10 years now. I have an aura ring, but I don't use it to like check my stats throughout the day. I wear it all day long. It doesn't have a screen. Obviously, it's a ring. Um, and I am obsessed with it. People ask me all the time, do you love your aura ring? I am obsessed with it. I think it is worth the investment. It gives you so many insights. It also tracks your cycle, your temperature for the fertility awareness method. I'm obsessed with it. So I do have that. But like I said, I don't check my steps like throughout the day. I go about my day as I normally would. And then at the end of the day or sometimes midday, I'll be like, oh, let me see where I'm at just as some accountability. But years ago, if I did not meet my 10,000 steps a day, y'all, I would pace my bedroom. I would pace my bedroom at night. And that is just insane to me. It's so disordered. It's such a toxic behavior. And I, I just, if you are one of these people that is obsessed with the numbers, I just want to tell you it, it, not that it doesn't matter because activity matters. You should be moving your body daily, but being a prisoner and being like held, held prisoner. There's another word I want to use held hostage, being held hostage by these numbers and these aesthetic and these like vanity metrics aren't doing you any good. There's one, and it's one thing to have accountability, but if you are obsessed with checking this number and if you don't meet this number, you're pacing your house at night just to get another 500 steps, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's going to be consistent movement daily. It's not really the number, it's the habit. And so I just want to take this moment to like emphasize foundational habits over like these shallow vanity metrics or vanity habits. It's not the 10,000 steps that matter. It's the fact that you were active over the course of the day. Does that make sense? Like 10,000 is a good baseline, but if you get 8,000, it's fine. If you get 7,500, it's fine. If you get 12,000, like it's okay. Just make a conscious effort to get outside, go for a walk. What I do is I try to get in two to three walks a day. So it's not like I'm walking for one hour straight I'll walk a little bit in the morning, I'll work out, I'll walk midday, and then I walk after dinner. I easily hit 10,000 steps. It feels effortless to me, and I am moving my body throughout the day. In fact, studies show that it is much better to actually take three smaller, shorter walks throughout the day than it is to just take one long walk because it's ensuring that throughout the day you are moving your body. Being sedentary, they, they say like sitting is the new smoking so many of us are sedentary, including me. I mean, I have, I used to work in the service industry, right? I was a server, a hostess, a cocktail waitress for like 10 years of my life from 15 or 16 to when I was 25 or 26. I worked in a restaurant. I was moving all the time. I was so active. And then I started working for myself and I found myself sitting a lot. I didn't like it. I tried a standing desk. I tried a standing treadmill desk. That was cool. I no longer have the room for it in our apartment, but I did enjoy that. But it's just, it's hard, right? We all have jobs. Most of us have desk jobs. And it's so important to try to take small breaks. Even if you set an alarm on your phone, and you're like, I have 10 minutes. I'm going to get out in the sunshine. Maybe I'll make myself an iced coffee, get out in the sun, take a little walk. Even if you eat your lunch outside, like try to get outside, try to get moving as often as you can in small little ways. Because Something I say so often and I try to emphasize is that those tiny little changes add up. If it sounds like you're like, I don't have time to like take a 60 minute walk. I can't find it in my day. 
I know that you have 10 to 15 minutes here and there throughout the day to take a quick little walk, get outside and get some movement. If you can make those little promises to yourself and follow through with it, I promise you will feel different and you will notice a difference in your health. So, okay, that was the plain story. And now a funny, funny story. It's funny now. In the moment, it was not funny. But on our second night in Kauai, um, obviously, okay, I told you guys that I do like take gummies. I use THC recreationally and to help me sleep. I take gummies, but I also have this little like vape pen. It's solvent free. It's not like there's flavors or anything. It's pretty clean. But I brought that to Hawaii. So yes, I brought it from California where it's legal to Hawaii where it's not. But we're besties here. I know you're not going to snitch on me. So I did bring it. And on our second night, I go to bed before Daniel. So I hit the pen, whatever. I'm underneath the ceiling fan, like where I'm laying in our bed. So the ceiling fan is on. So basically the second I blow out the vapor, because it's not smoke, the vapor has gone instantly because the ceiling fan's on. It blows it all away. What Daniel must have done, and I was already asleep at this point, fast asleep, sleeping beauty, sleeping like a rock, maybe already dreaming. Daniel reached over, grabs the pen from under my pillow. That's where I leave it. He hit the pen. He must have blown it right into the smoke detector, you guys, the fire alarm inside of our hotel room. He sets the fire alarm off. Okay. The smoke detector is going off. It's 10 PM. It wakes me up out of a dead sleep. I have earplugs in, so it's not like it's super jarring, but it did wake me up out of a dead sleep. Kind of freaked me out. Obviously there's an alarm going off. I'm like, what's going on? What happened? Did something happen in the hotel? And within five seconds, it turns off. And I was like, did, did you set it off? And he's like, yeah, I must have. And so I was like, well, someone's going to come to our room now. Someone's going to come. Someone from the hotel staff is definitely going to come check on our room. This is a non-smoking hotel. I mean, the whole, I like technically, you know what I mean? It's illegal there, but it's Hawaii, guys, you know? So sure enough, within minutes, we get a knock on the front door of our hotel room. And Daniel answers it. I'm already trying to go back to sleep at this point. And Daniel answers the door. I can kind of hear him talking to the person. And then I feel him come back to bed. But I was definitely like drifting off. So in the morning, I asked when we when we woke up, I was like, what did he say? Like, what happened? And he's like, well, I answered the door. And he kind of, the guy, the hotel staff, peeked his head in, like kind of trying to smell the room or look for smoke. And he asked us, like, are you guys smoking in here? And then Daniel throws me under the bus, Okay. He snitches on me, used me as a scapegoat. And he said, yeah, my girlfriend has trouble sleeping sometimes while traveling, like has some travel anxiety. So yeah, we have a pen. And the guy just, I guess, looks at Daniel and kind of laughs and is like, well, you know, this is a non-smoking hotel. So if you're going to do it, just do it in the bathroom. And I guess just like kind of chuckles. He was super cool about it and just walked away. So yeah, that happened. I will never let Daniel live it down the next day. I was like, hey, remember when you set off our fire alarm? And I asked him, I was like, were you freaking out? He's like, yeah, I didn't know if like the, if I had set the, all the hotel ones off. Like I didn't know if it was just our room or if like all the fire alarms in the whole hotel were going off, if we were going to have to like evacuate or it was going to trigger something. So he said he, he was in a panic. He was in a panic. 
And it didn't happen again. I will tell you that. The rest of the four nights, the next four nights that we stayed there, it didn't happen. So he must have been careful. But <laughs> I just thought that was a hilarious story. And since Daniel threw me under the bus, I decided to throw him under the bus by telling the story to all my podcast besties. Oh, and one more secret. Okay, this is a top secret. This is confidential. If any of you tell Daniel, I will know. I will know because like no one knows this. And so if he finds out that I said it on here, he will probably kill me. No, just kidding. That's for legal reasons. That's a total joke. Um, but you guys, the question I get most often in my questions box has nothing to do with gut health or hormone health or anything like that. It is usually something like, are you getting married soon? Is there an engagement coming soon? Is he going to propose to you? Are you going to get married? And I get it. We've been together. I told you guys our story. We've known each other almost 11 years, been together for seven of those years, got together when I was 20. We were together for three years. We broke up for three years. And now we've been back together for four years, over four years. And so I get it. When you've been with someone that long, like people are like, oh, are you going to get married? Are you getting engaged? Like what's happening? And guess what? We finally went ring shopping. So that's all I'm going to give you right now. I'm not going to tell you what kind of rings I'm looking into because look, I want it to be a surprise for kind of for all of us. So I'm just going to throw you a bone. I'm going to give you that little piece of information. Stay tuned for any updates, but I am so excited. You guys, I love this man with every fiber of my being. I want to spend my entire life with him. I can't wait to have his kids. We just don't see the rush in getting married. I actually know quite a few people who got married young. And I mean, I don't feel I'm 29. So I don't feel like young anymore. I feel ready for it. But I know so many people that got married young and just had troubled marriages, ended up getting divorced, like all of these things. And truly, I have changed so much in the 11 years that I've known Daniel. And he has changed so much too. And luckily, we have grown together um, and I just feel like we are in such a good place with our partnership as a team, like in this relationship, I feel like we are totally ready to take that step to get married. Um, and I mean, if you were married young, like no shade to anyone who gets married young, I just, we just didn't feel a rush. We didn't feel a rush to get married. And so that's that. And regardless of not of if we ever sign the marriage certificate, get the government involved, I don't know. We will have some kind of like ceremony or wedding commitment ceremony, whatever we decide to call it. I'm just not sure if we'll sign a contract with the government to prove that we are in partnership and love each other and are committing ourselves to each other. I think that's between us and God not us and the government. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, that's definitely pretty much all the updates I have for you guys. Everything else in our life, I mean, we always have something going on. Either Daniel is hosting an event, we're going to an event, we're visiting my parents, we're visiting his mom, we're hosting people somewhere. It's just been crazy. And as much as I'm so grateful, I'm not going to complain about going on all these trips, but I am a routine girly through and through. So I do maintain like the main pillars and the main foundation of my routine, even on vacation. I, it just throws me off too much if I don't. And I find it so much easier to like, quote unquote, come back to reality, get back into the swing of things. If I wasn't really off my game or out of my routine on vacation to begin with, 
it also just helps me feel really good on vacation. So for example, I still brought my like ice roller. I brought my gua sha tool. I brought my salt for like my salty lemon water in the morning. I bought lemons there to do lemon water. I just kept my routine. I brought my magnesium to do my magnesium at night. I bring my eye mask, my earplugs, my mouth tape. And yeah, it feels very extra. I kind of feel high maintenance and I'm not sorry for that. I'm proud of it. I'm proud to be like a high maintenance, crunchy girl. I I said it a long time ago. I was like, normalize being both like bougie and crunchy. Like I like nice things, but I also like try to keep as much out of like my routine, the things I'm putting on my body, the things I'm consuming, non-toxic. Anyways, anyways, let's get into this podcast episode, okay? We are talking about minerals. I'm going to try to make minerals like sexy, okay? I'm going to try to make minerals a cool thing because they are cool. They are honestly, they're essential for human health, essential. They play a crucial role in various physiological processes, including the regulation of hormones, enzyme function, bone formation, and the maintenance of nerve function. So super important also in your nervous system. I'm going to give you guys kind of a detailed look at essential minerals and their importance, starting with calcium. So calcium is essential for bone and teeth formation, muscle function, nerve signaling, and blood clotting. The hormonal impact it has is it helps regulate muscle contractions, including the heartbeat, also involved in the secretion of certain hormones and enzymes. So calcium and magnesium both kind of work together for certain things and you can't have one without the other. You need both in the proper ratio or in proper balance. So causes of calcium deficiency, obviously poor diet, certain medical conditions and medications that deplete calcium. We know that birth control, it it depletes essential vitamins and minerals, including calcium, basically all vitamins and minerals. So I'm not going to keep mentioning that like birth control depletes this. It depletes all essential vitamins and minerals and ruins your gut in the meantime. Now, if you have calcium deficiency, you might notice you have more muscle cramps, you have more brittle bones and numbness in your fingers and toes. Next up, iron. This is super important. So it's required for the production of red blood cells and transporting oxygen throughout the body. The hormonal impact it has, it's involved in thyroid hormone synthesis. So iron, super important for thyroid. I know so many women that are like, my doctor said I'm iron deficient. They put me on iron pills. I do not recommend supplementing with actual iron. There's so many ways to get iron in your diet. You can get heme iron from animal products, red meat. You can use a beef liver supplement that's going to be super high in bioavailable iron. Deficiency. So if you're deficient in iron, the certain symptoms you might have are fatigue, weakness, pale skin, cold hands and feet, and dizziness. Causes of deficiency, again, inadequate diet, malabsorption issues. So this is going to go to a gut health perspective of if your gut is in bad shape, if you have leaky gut and you're not able to absorb these vitamins and minerals in your food can cause, again, absorption issues and you can become deficient in these minerals. Uh, Heavy menstruation can also cause low iron. Obviously, if you're losing blood, you're losing iron. Next up, and my favorite mineral, the most important mineral, magnesium. Magnesium is involved in over 500, I think it's almost like 700 processes in your body. It is so crucial. It supports muscle, 
and nerve function, bone health, and energy production. The hormonal impact it has, it regulates many enzymes in the body and is essential for the activation of the parathyroid hormone, which regulates that calcium balance. So magnesium is involved in calcium balance. You definitely don't want too much calcium or too little. So you want to make sure you're getting both calcium and magnesium in the right ratios to keep them both in balance. You know, if you're deficient in magnesium, you can feel fatigued, you can get muscle cramps, irregular heartbeat, and kind of like brittle bones. There's so many other symptoms of magnesium deficiency. Now, not only are these just symptoms, but if you are deficient in magnesium, you can get headaches. Like, I swear magnesium is the cure for so many things. If someone's like, I have headaches, I have period cramps, I have this, I'm like, take magnesium. And at the end, I'll talk about a good magnesium supplement. The brand I'm obsessed with is BioOptimizers. They have the most high quality, comprehensive magnesium supplement on the market. I take it every night and I've talked about it before. I used to wake up every night in the middle of the night, usually around 3 a.m. to go pee. Now, this isn't abnormal. It's not super abnormal to wake up in the night to go to the bathroom. But did you know that it's not supposed to happen? We actually have mechanisms in our body that work to like shut off those basically like sensors so that you can sleep through the night and you're not waking up to pee. But if we have too much cortisol to begin with, we usually get a little cortisol spike at 3 a.m., 3 or 4 a.m., Now, if we already have too much cortisol or our nervous system is kind of on higher alert, it's going to tip that scale and wake us up. But if we get into rest and digest, if we can kind of calm our nervous system down, get enough magnesium, you guys, I sleep through the night now, every single night. I do not wake up to use the bathroom. I sleep from 10 p.m. to 5.30 a.m., sleep like a baby. It is incredible. Anyways, if Causes of deficiency in magnesium, again, poor diet, chronic diarrhea, diabetes, and excessive alcohol intake. So alcohol, again, is also going to deplete magnesium. Alcohol has a really big effect on basically all processes and all systems in our body. It affects every single hormone, and it really taxes the liver. The next mineral that I want to talk about is zinc. Now, the importance is it is vital for immune function, wound healing, taste and smell. So that one's interesting because I know a lot of people that when they lost their taste and smell and they got the vid, they took um, oyster supplements or they ate a lot of oysters and it came back faster. So I don't recommend also, I do not recommend zinc supplements unless it's a whole food one like an oyster supplement. Or if you just eat oysters weekly, you'll be fine. The hormonal impact, it plays a role in testosterone and insulin production and regulation. Zinc also is super important for thyroid function. Now, if you're deficient in zinc, you might have a loss of appetite, slow wound healing, a loss, loss of sense of taste or smell, and weakened immunity. Causes of deficiencies are inadequate dietary intake, malabsorption, and chronic liver or kidney diseases. Next up, number five is potassium. The importance of potassium is it helps with nerve function, muscle contractions, maintaining fluid balance. So it's involved in the syncretion and action of insulin. Super important, you guys. Insulin and blood sugar are the main 
they're one of the main keys in maintaining hormone balance. If not, I mean, they're in the top three important things to focus on when working towards hormone balance, blood sugar regulation and insulin. Deficiency symptoms include fatigue, muscle cramps, and irregular heartbeat. So you'll notice that a lot of these symptoms are the same. So it can be kind of hard unless you obviously get blood work done and you know which ones you're deficient in. But I always just recommend incorporating foods like high mineral rich foods into your diet weekly, you know, on rotation, like I'm saying, eat oysters one day and eat this kind of food and make sure you're eating red meat so you can get that heme iron. But if not, again, there's oyster supplements, beef liver supplements. You can take trace minerals. You can add trace minerals to your water. You can add salt, sea salt to your water. All of these things are little ways to sneak in extra minerals throughout the day. Causes of deficiencies of potassium are diuretics, chronic diarrhea or vomiting, and kidney or adrenal disorders. Next up is iodine. Iodine is essential in the production of thyroid hormones. Iodine is probably one of the most essential ones when it comes to thyroid. Iodine, if you're hypothyroid, hyperthyroid, Hashimoto's, iodine is going to be something you really want to focus on. It's directly involved in thyroid hormone synthesis. And if you're deficient in it, you might have like what they call goiters. So enlarged thyroid glands, fatigue, weight gain, or dry skin. This is one, if you have thyroid issues, you'll know this. You have driddle, driddle, brittle, dry skin, or nails, fatigue, and weight gain. Causes of deficiency are insufficient dietary intake again and consumption of certain foods that interfere with iodine utilization. Now, I'm sure the next thing you're going to say is, what foods interfere with iodine absorption and iodine utilization? Well, pretty interesting. It's soy, cassava. The, these are the highest ones. Soy, cassava, and cruciferous vegetables. So those are three of the top foods that interfere with iodine absorption and utilization. Now, when you go gluten-free, cassava is one of the things that you'll notice. There's cassava pasta, there's cassava tortillas, there's cassava crackers, there's cassava chips. And if you're someone who's already having thyroid issues, you probably went gluten-free, but didn't know that cassava actually interferes with iodine absorption and utilization. Now, another one, I mean, soy, we know to avoid. I have all my clients avoid soy, soy sauce, tofu, Fermented soy, so tempeh is a better option, but I just recommend avoiding soy and all of its byproducts altogether. So lastly, cruciferous vegetables, which again, if you're in the hormone balancing space, you'll probably hear that cruciferous vegetables are amazing and they help you detox, detox excess estrogen and excess hormones. Yes, but they can also, again, affect your thyroid and affect that iodine utilization. So we want to really be making sure that we know these things. And I know so many women who have thyroid issues or suspect they have thyroid issues and aren't told this information. So you just want to make sure you're careful and you don't overdo it. I really recommend just avoiding cruciferous vegetables altogether. At least I, have, I avoid eating them every single day. 
They will make you bloated and gassy. They are harder to digest, but they do also contain that dim compound, which can help you detox excess estrogen. So I would just encourage you cooking it. So maybe if you're making like cabbage, you cook your cabbage or you make a slaw where you add some apple cider vinegar, let that soak to kind of break it down and make it a lot easier to digest. The last two minerals we're going to talk about are selenium and chromium. So selenium is another one super important for thyroid, but it's also important for reproduction and DNA synthesis and protection against oxidative damage. Oxidative damage, free radical damage can be so many different things, but really it all comes down to inflammation. So selenium helps fight inflammation and also helps support the thyroid the, the hormonal impact that it has, it's, it's essential for proper functioning of the thyroid gland and conversion of thyroid hormones. So that's what we really want to look for is like that T3, T4 conversion and to make sure our body is able to convert those hormones so it can properly use them for the right processes. Deficiency in selenium looks like muscle pain or weakness, hair loss and weakened immunity causes a deficiency. Again, same as basically all of the others. Inadequate dietary intake or certain medical conditions. Two Brazil nuts a day gives you the amount of selenium you need. So go to your local grocery store, Whole Foods, any kind of grocery store is going to have Brazil nuts. Make sure they're organic. Eat two a day. You are good to go. That is all the selenium you need. Lastly is chromium. And chromium enhances the action of insulin. So again, super important. I've talked about the importance of balancing your blood sugar, stabilizing blood sugar. I have a whole podcast episode on it if you want to go back and listen to that. But it influences insulin signaling. So if you're deficient in chromium, you might have an impaired glucose tolerance, weight loss or confusion. So it can affect like your thinking causes a deficiency. But it's rare, but it can be due to an inadequate dietary intake. So again, Low chromium is pretty rare, but it can happen. Now I'm going to go through them again, but just let you know what kind of foods and the ways you can get all the minerals through your diet, or at least try to, because magnesium is the one that you're not going to be able to get from your diet for a myriad of reasons. And we will talk about those, but we're going to start with calcium. You can get calcium from dairy products like milk, cheese, and yogurt, if you are lactose intolerant or you have dairy problems, you can try goat cheese, sheep's cheese. This is A2 dairy or fine raw milk, but organic grass-fed and raw is probably the best if you are able to digest dairy. But if you're someone who's like, I can't, I'm lactose intolerant, try goat cheese or sheep's cheese. These can also have like a really good nutritional profile. But if you think you're lactose intolerant, these are A2 dairy. So you might have an easier time digesting them. Um, other foods that contain calcium are green leafy vegetables. So kale and collard greens. Again, I would always recommend cooking them. Or if you're going to make a kale salad, at least adding some apple cider vinegar or lemon juice to start breaking it down to make the digestion process easier. Almonds and fortified foods, which I don't recommend. I don't recommend any fortified foods. You should not be getting your like vitamins and minerals through things like fortified cereals or plant-based milk. It's just, it's not the move. Sardines. Sardines are super high in calcium. And if you think sardines are gross, I get it. I used to think the same thing and now I kind of love them. I love sardines and anchovies. You can get them at the store at Whole Foods. Make sure they're just either in olive oil or just in water. 
they're really salty, but you can make something similar to like a tuna salad with them or just eat them with crackers. They are an acquired taste, but they are so, so good for you. Next up, iron. So heme iron is found in animal products such as red meat, poultry, and fish. So vegans, you're not going to be getting heme iron. You cannot get it from any supplement. Like you can't get it outside of animal products. And it is so crucial to so many different processes in your body. So heme iron, again, only found in animal products. Non-heme iron, you can be you it can be found in plant-based foods like lentils, beans, tofu, spinach, and pumpkin seeds. Magnesium. Okay. Magnesium, again, the MVP of minerals. It can be found in nuts like almonds and cashews, pumpkin seeds, flax seeds, dark green leafy vegetables, avocados, bananas, and my personal favorite, dark chocolate. But due to the like the soil depletion, processed foods, water sources, all of these things, we are not actually able to get adequate amounts of magnesium. So modern farming practices, which emphasize repeated cultivation, cultiv- wow, repeated cultivation and the use of pesticides and fertilizers have stripped our soil of its natural magnesium content. As a result, crops grown on these depleted soils often contain less magnesium than they once did. Processed foods, so the refining and processing of foods, often remove many of their vital nutrients. For example, refining whole grains to make flour removes much of their magnesium content. This is why I always recommend eating as many whole foods as possible. So one ingredient foods, shopping in the perimeter of the grocery store. Again, it's not always, I do not shop solely in the perimeter. It's probably 90%, but then I'm also buying some chips. I buy some sauces, ranch, pasta sauce, rice, dry, like pasta, that kind of stuff. So try to like aim for like 85, 80, 80 to 85% of your cart. You want to be on the perimeter of the grocery store. Next up, water sources. So we're still talking about magnesium and why we are as basically as a as a planet, we're all deficient in magnesium, I would argue. Now, traditionally, natural water sources provided a decent amount of magnesium. So like spring water, natural water contain magnesium, but modern treatment processes remove most minerals including magnesium. So mineral, this is why I love drinking mineral water and I feel so much better when I do. I actually watched this reel on Instagram that was talking about Italy and like European countries and how you will never see them carrying around these 40 ounce Stanley jugs that everyone here has because they drink mainly mineral water. So anytime me and Daniel go to a restaurant, we always order like bottled mineral water, usually sparkling just because it feels fun to drink, but it's either Pellegrino, San Benedetto. They all come from Italy. It's so interesting. But over in those European countries, they drink this mineral water. And if you're drinking water with minerals, you need less water. This is the crazy thing. I could probably do a whole episode just talking about like, water intake and proper proper water hydration tips. But what I don't recommend doing is what I used to do and what I know so many people do, drink like over a hundred ounces of water a day. They're drinking a gallon of water a day, but guess what? They are not remineralizing it. And when you're not remineralizing it by like adding electrolytes and salt back into your water or drinking mineral water, you're not getting minerals 
and minerals are actually what helps your body and your cells use the water and get hydrated. So what you're doing, if you drink a gallon of plain water a day, you are actually flushing out what minerals you have and you're making the problem worse. So that's all I'm going to say about water. Um, but again, dietary habits and absor absorption issues are also another issue with magnesium. So gut health. Okay, getting off my magnesium soapbox and moving on to real food sources of zinc. They're going to be red meat, poultry, oysters, and other seafood. Also dairy products, nuts, and legumes like beans and chickpeas. So you can get zinc from so many different kinds of foods, a wide variety. It doesn't just have to be oysters. That's the one we hear about often because it is the highest. But if you're someone who's like, you no, can't do oysters, I get it. I love them, but I can 100% understand why you wouldn't like them. The texture is just super weird. So you can get it from a bunch of other foods or there are actually like oyster supplements out there. Next up is potassium. We've all heard it. Bananas are high in potassium, yes, but so are oranges, cantaloupe, honeydew, apricots, grapefruit, sweet potatoes, tomatoes, cucumbers, zucchinis, peas, beans, and legumes. So, so many different sources of potassium. Also, coconut water. Coconut water is super high in potassium. And then we have iodine. So, foods high in iodine are seaweed, dairy products, fish, shrimp, iodized salt is on this list. You guys, you should not be getting your iodine from iodized salt. Iodized salt, table, normal, classic table salt, not good for you. And I get this question all the time when I talk, when I talk smack about iodized salt, people are like, I thought you need iodine. You do need iodine, but it shouldn't be coming from fortified foods. Anytime we have to like add something back into a food, just, just stay, just say no, just say no. Okay. So seaweed, dairy products, fish, shrimp, eggs, and prunes. So that's a fun one. Then we have selenium. Now I already told you guys, Brazil nuts, extremely, extremely high in selenium. Two a day is all you need. Tuna and halibut also. Shellfish, meat, especially beef and turkey. And then brown rice, which is interesting. Another question I get asked often is, Emily, what's healthier, brown rice or white rice? Y'all, eat the rice that makes you happy, okay? I worked in a restaurant that we rice bowls were like one of our best sellers. Every time I would get a group of women, it's, it was usually women, and I would say, okay, would you like that with white or brown rice? They would give me a sign. They would go, brown rice, thinking they were making the healthier choice. They weren't happy about it. They weren't excited. And I can remember, because I was still a health coach at the time, I remember telling these women, like, you can get the white rice. Like, it's okay. There's not a massive nutritional difference between the two. And so their eyes would light up and they would go, okay, I'll get the white rice. And they would just be so happy. And that's what I'm saying is at the end of the day, there's such small difference between the two. And in fact, fun fact, brown rice actually contains higher levels of arsenic because of the whole Yes, it contains more fiber, and that's usually the argument against white rice. It's like, well, brown rice is higher in fiber. Okay, well, if you're eating a meal with white rice, just add more fiber to help your blood sugar out. Lastly, chromium. Chromium is found in broccoli, grapes, oranges, turkey, beef, potatoes, and green beans. So as you can see, 
you can get so much of these essential minerals through your food, but there are ways to supplement. Like I said, supplementing with magnesium, super important. And there's so many different kinds of magnesium. So you want to make sure that whatever supplement you're taking contains all forms of magnesium. So the one that I mentioned, bio-optimizers that I take, I'm obsessed with it. It's a powder. So I have the organic fruit punch flavor. It's delicious. I drink it at night. And I add a little tart cherry juice to support my natural melatonin production. It's delicious. It's like my nighttime mocktail. And I look forward to it. But it has all forms of magnesium. So there's like malate, citrate, glycinate, bisglycinate, threonate. There's so many different kinds of magnesium. And drinks like magnesium calm only contain one form, which is magnesium citrate or magnesium carbonate. Um, and I know a lot of people that also will supplement with like bisglycinate that helps with muscle cramps and sleep, but you really want to make sure you're getting all forms. So having like a really comprehensive magnesium supplement is really important. I hope you'll enjoy this episode. Like I said, I'm going to try, I was going to try to make minerals as like <laughs> sexy as I could. And I don't think that's what I did, but this is such important information. Minerals aren't talked about enough. They're so important. They, in, they're involved in every single process in our body we need to talk about them more. They need the spotlight, okay? I am going to wrap up this episode here. Please rate and review my podcast. It means the world. To me, it also helps me reach more women and help more women. So I would appreciate it so much if you would rate and review. Also, I do offer a $100 discount code. If you screenshot your review and either email it to me or DM me on Instagram with a screenshot, I'll give you a $100 $100 off discount code for my online course. So it brings the course from $397 to $297. Massive discount. This course could change your life. As always, the link to like learn more about the Balance Bay Blueprint or watch my free Hormone Balance Masterclass. The link is always in the show notes below. I love you guys so much and I'll see you in the next episode.